It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome to Friday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, November 20th, 2020. Your boy Q here with you, as always, heading into the weekend. Excited about this Sunday night's game. Chiefs, Raiders, Las Vegas, it's going down. Allegiant Stadium, very excited about it. Of course, going to be talking about it in great length on today's show. Before I get into today's show, though, I want to tell you about a couple great sponsors here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast, one of which I will be at tomorrow night. Me and the wife will be at Sahara Las Vegas. It is the best place to stay, play, and watch the game with exclusive Lockdown offers at saharalasvegas.com slash Lockdown Raiders. I'll tell you all about that later on the show, tell you where I'll be specifically, what times I'll be specifically, uh, that you might be able to come by and say what's up at the Sahara Las Vegas. I also want to tell you about Pepsi because we all know this this football season will be different. It is different. And Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi's a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Pepsi is not made for those who play the game. It is made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. And make sure you go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Coming up on today's show, segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. That is the number. Didn't get any calls in on Thursday's show because I had the crossover edition with Chris Clark, host of Locked On Chiefs, and hopefully you enjoyed that. I did the best I could with that uh, episode. Uh, I had a lot of people hit me up by way of Twitter and say that they weren't really feeling Chris, and I totally understand it. And like I said, don't want to spend too much time with him but or too much time on him, but, uh, you know, it just clearly he didn't care to really even be talking to me. Uh, I guess that's just kind of his arrogance, and maybe I'm, I'm not on his level yet. But that's okay. Like I said, I'm not going to spend too much time with him, uh, but I think a lot of people kind of came away with the same feeling that I came away with. So segment number three, I say all that to tell you. Segment number three, I got your calls. I got your text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Segment number two. I'm going to talk about the game in general, Sunday Night Football, Allegiant Stadium, how the Raiders can come away with the victory and sweep the Kansas City Chiefs. And I do believe, I'll tell you that right now, I do believe they're winning this game. I know they got a lot of COVID-19 issues they've been dealing with. I believe the Raiders win this game Sunday night at Allegiant Stadium, and I'll tell you all about that coming up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, I'll give you the news and the notes of the day as we head into the weekend. Obviously, there'll be some more uh, news and notes that'll roll out a little bit later on this afternoon but as of right now I want to give you these news and notes and just kind of get you caught up and uh, up to date and up to speed so uh, let's go ahead and jump right into it 
So I think the best news that came out on Thursday was no news. And, and what I mean by that is no more COVID updates. That is a good thing. Guys are still on track to return to play by Sunday. A lot of guys on the defensive side of the ball have been out on that COVID-19 reserve list. Cleve Farrell, he's out. He's not going to play. Corey Littleton, he's out. He's not going to play. And then Trent Brown, the right tackle, he's out. He's not going to play. Those three guys we know about. Those guys are out. LaMarcus Joyner, the safety, or actually not safety. <laughs> we wish he was playing safety. Uh, the slot corner he's on track to come back Jonathan Abram the safety he is on track to come back Malik Collins same thing with him Jonathan Hankins same thing Isaiah Johnson defensive back same thing with him Arden Key Kendall Vickers and David Irving they're all on track to return now they still got COVID-19 tests that they have to pass and things could change quick fast in a hurry later on today but as of right now it at least looks like they're on track to return so they should be a go on Sunday but they still have to continue to pass their COVID-19 test and uh, and then we'll know for sure but right now everything is looking good so that's just the COVID-19 update but again I feel like that if you don't hear any news about someone hitting the COVID-19 reserve list, that is actually a very, very good thing for the Raiders since they have so many guys uh, currently dealing with the COVID-19. The three guys, of course, are going to be out for sure. Cleve Furrow, which I think is going to be a big loss. Corey Littleton, not a big loss. Trent Brown, uh, he's been out most of the season anyway. So, uh, again, Cleve Furrow is going to be the one that you probably really, really miss. Now, want to go over uh, the Raiders' injury report from Thursday. Uh, Eric Harris, he's been dealing with an oblique injury. He was limited on... On Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, Mo Hurst, a lot of Raider Nation has been w- wanting him to get back. He's dealing with that ankle injury. He was limited on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, Alec Engel, you know, he got the broken ribs, limited on Wednesday and Thursday. Colton Miller, that's a guy that a lot of Raider Nation wants to get back. The left tackle, uh, he's missed a couple games dealing with that ankle injury. He was limited on Wednesday and Thursday, but that's good. That, to me, feels like he's trending in the right direction. That's a guy that the Raiders really need out there. Uh, Keyshawn Nixon has been dealing with a groin injury. He was limited on Wednesday, but he was a full participant on Thursday. So that's a really good thing. Uh, Jalen Richard, he's got that uh, that uh, sternum injury, that chest injury. He did not participate on Wednesday or Thursday. He's probably trending in the direction, the opposite direction, which is probably going to be out for Sunday. But again, this is just me guessing at this point uh, because still there's a there's still a, a injury report that's going to come out a little bit later on today. And then tackle Sam Young, who's dealing with the knee and back injury. He was dealing with the ankle injury. He was limited on Wednesday, and he was limited on Thursday. Uh, he's a guy that you hope can get out there, uh, if not for the full game, for some of the game. Because, again, he's going to be needed, and uh, Tom Cable's been doing a good job of whoever he needs to have out there all along that offensive line at the right tackle position. He's had them ready to go, but you'd like to see Sam Young, the guy who's actually the primary backup to Trent Brown, you'd like to see him out there. Now to wrap up segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, I want you to hear a little bit from defensive coordinator Paul Gunther. Uh, he had a media session. Uh, him, Greg Olson, and a couple others had media sessions. You can go to Raiders.com. You can pull up their Periscope, their YouTube page. Either way, Facebook, I think it's on Facebook as well, uh, and you can check out the full thing, the full meal deal. But I just want you to bring or hear a little bit of sound from defensive coordinator Paul Gunther. And uh, one of the questions asked to him was how he's prepping the defense with so many guys out on the COVID-19 list. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know, uh, you know how we can beat these guys with a full lineup of practice, let alone three quarters of your lineup not here all week. You know, what don't they have? We're playing the world champs. What don't they have? They got a great quarterback, great receivers, great tight ends, lines physical, and they're coming off a bye. So it's a daunting test. You know, I know one thing that uh, we're gonna show up at 520, we're gonna 100% because that's what we do. So. 
we'll get these guys ready to play. Whoever's out there at 520, they'll be ready to go. I actually could really appreciate that answer right there. And that's really why I wanted you to uh, hear that. I don't know if you heard the little laughs in the background, but I mean, he just kind of had a little bit of a sense of humor there. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know how we can, I don't know how we could beat these guys with a full lineup. We sure ain't going to be able to prepare for these guys without it. So I thought that that was pretty cool. I thought that was a good way to kind of uh, break the ice on that. The next question I wanted you to hear was about him being physically limited in his preparation because those guys are out dealing with COVID-19 on the reserve list right now. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I, you know, like I said, I, like I said, it's tough enough when you have, you know, a full, a full lot and the guys are practice, you know, you got to put, get them on the zoom, but it's just not the same when you're not, when you're taking the reps. Um, so, you know, it'll be a big challenge for us either way, whoever can play whenever they can get here to play, uh, to get them caught up on the plan of those things. But uh, we're not going to gear back as far as that goes. So basically what he's telling you right there is whoever's out there, whoever's available is expected to go out there and execute. And that's what the mentality has got to be. Now, of course, you know, it's always, you know, next man up, next man up. Well, if the next man was as good as the, the first man, he'd be the first man and not the next man. But at the same time, that's the mentality you've got to have. It's got to always be next man up. And you got to go out there and execute just like you were the first man. So uh, that's the right approach to take. And, and I wouldn't expect anything else. Uh, got a couple more little sound bites I wanted you to hear. Uh, one had to do with the turnovers that the Raiders created on Sunday against the Broncos, coming away with five of them. So Paul Gunther was asked how his unit was able to suddenly create all these turnovers, and is it something that they can create consistently? Obviously, not five a game, but uh, you know, just can they can they start keying in on turnovers? I think you know, as, as long as you know, I've been a coordinator, position coach throughout the time in the league here. You know, sometimes you, you get started early in the season with turnovers and those things, and nobody talks about it. And then when you don't have as many, they start coming in bunches. So I think what we do in practice, we try to make a big emphasis of the turnovers, whether it be interceptions, punch outs, whatever it is, and continue to harp on those things in practice. And eventually they're going to show up in a game. You, you know, when you have five in a game like we did, um, that's obviously on the high end of things. But if we continue to, uh, practice what we emphasize hopefully it shows up on Sunday and that's what happened uh, this past week it sure would be nice to create a couple turnovers on Sunday night right <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is only throwing what one interception all season that was the Jeff Heath uh, it'd be nice if the Raiders were able to uh, kind of key in and maybe pick off a couple or even cause a fumble or whatever you know a strip sack what, what it don't matter how you get the turnover just get a turnover that would be nice that, that would be something that the Raiders could really really use uh, if they're trying to get this victory Sunday night which of course they are but uh, on way to a victory Sunday night it would be nice to see them get and create a couple turnovers get a couple short fields for Derek Carr and the offense now uh, the final two clips I want you to hear are both about Nicholas Morrow uh you know one the first one was if if Paul Gunther the defensive coordinator thought that Sunday against Denver might have been his coming out party it's funny you said that we were just out in the practice field thinking back in 2008 what guys we had just two years ago um on our defense and he was one of the three so um I just think with his um knowledge of the system now his comfort in the system He's, he's a guy who can play multiple spots for us. I just think he's playing real confident right now. He knows what to do. He can, he can, he can see formations and plays before it happens. And the biggest thing he's doing, he's, he's being a great communicator out there. He's talking more. He's alerting guys. He's setting fronts and setting pressures for us. So he, he's only going to get better. I really like where he's going. He likes where he's going, and I think Raider Nation likes where he's going as well. And I think a big difference maker is him playing alongside of, of uh, Nick Wachowski. I, I think that even when he was filling in for Kwiatkowski, he did well. He didn't do great, but he did well. He did good enough. Got that interception against the Saints, and he made some plays. But I think him and Nick Wachowski there – 
is a really good combo. You know, Corey Littleton obviously just has not uh, lived up to the billing yet. So uh, I, I think him alongside Kwiatkowski really, really helps. Well, the final one I want you to hear, the final clip I want you to hear was still on Nicholas Morrow, but uh, Paul Gunther was asked if the team or the coaches did anything in particular to help boost Nicholas Morrow's confidence. Just getting him to see the little things. I think, you know, he's he's a smart guy to know where to line up. And he, what he's doing, he's self-correcting himself and practice before I can even walk up to him and make a correction he'll say you know I should have done this or hey I saw this whatever it is it's the little detail things with him that he's really really becoming an expert on and that's what makes you become a really a good player to a great player and that's uh, the trend he's moving on so there's Paul Gunther talking about Nicholas Morrow and talking about some of the things that the coaching staff and himself have done to try to help that guy get get on track and uh, you know get his confidence up and be able to go out there and execute and play the way he's been playing and uh, I like it I think he's trending in the right direction playing really well especially when Corey Littleton is out and even when he wasn't out he wasn't playing well so as far as I'm concerned he could be in there and let Corey Littleton even when he returns uh be on the sideline and just maybe he'll maybe he has to learn from a distance maybe that's how he'll improve either way Nicholas Morrow is doing a really good job at that linebacking position so hope he continues to grow and uh you know we'll see it firsthand uh, on Sunday versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Matter of fact, let's talk about that game. We'll talk about the keys to a victory, another victory, a season sweep over Kansas City. How are the Raiders going to get it? Well, I'll tell you my game plan, and I'll tell you about it next. But before I get into that, I want to tell you about Pepsi. Again, this football season is different. Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch the season. Raider Nation, you know how I watch the season, right? You know how I watch games by myself with my Josh Jacobs jersey on the end of the couch. Even though being in Vegas this week, still have the Josh Jacobs jersey still have it on the end of the couch because well Josh Jacobs is cooking with grease right now and I don't think there's any coincidence because I have that jersey right there well Pepsi's the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the league of football watchers passionate fans the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi is not made for those who play the game it's made for those who watch it Pepsi, made for football watching. And do not forget, go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Segment number two is on the way. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Your Locked On Raiders. Your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to talk about this game. Week 11 action. Raiders, Chiefs, Las Vegas, Allegiant Stadium. No fans in the stands, but still going to be a lot of fun. Exciting Sunday night football game. Prime time. COVID-19 is an issue for both teams. The Raiders have more players on the COVID-19 reserve list than the Chiefs do. But either way you look at it, uh, hopefully the Raiders are able to get their guys back. Hopefully the Chiefs are able to get their guys back too. I want to see both these teams at full strength. Uh, I don't care. It it doesn't matter. I want to see a heck of a football game, and I do believe we're going to see a heck of a football game. I think there's a lot of Chiefs fans out there right now, and uh, you heard Chris Clark from uh, Locked On Chiefs that really don't think that the Raiders are going to put up a fight and think that 
the Chiefs are just going to blast them. And there's a lot of national heads that are talking about the stupid bus trip and think that that's going to motivate the Chiefs to to blast the, the Raiders. And, you know, they're going to give them the business at Allegiant Stadium. And, and Raider Nation, I just don't see it that way. I really don't, and maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I, uh, maybe I'm, I'm looking through some uh, silver and black glasses, and, and I'm going to be completely fooled. And then on on Sunday, I'll be sitting there staring at the screen, like, "What in the hell just happened?" Maybe that's going to, that, maybe that's what's going to happen. I just don't think so. I just think that the way that the Raiders are dominating on the ground right now, uh, you look at the last three games, and I know there's been different circumstances, but uh, going back to even Cleveland, uh, you know, the Raiders have been been really getting it done on the ground. Derek Carr hasn't had to even throw for 200 yards. He's just he's in control he's in command of the offense but he hasn't had to do too much he hasn't been asked to do a whole lot of just heavy lifting except for like I said getting the team lined up getting them set up get them in position to go out there and make plays but I just think that the the way that this running game is going man it's just really really dominant right now I look at what they got going on in Cleveland with Nick Chubb and and, uh, Kareem Hunt and I think that that's probably the best one-two punch in the league but I think Josh Jacobs and Devontae Booker deserve to be right up there with them if not number two then maybe number three at the at at the least you know what I mean I mean Josh Jacobs and Devontae Booker that's a that's a hell of a combo right there and so uh, I think you're going to see a heavy dose of of both those guys Uh, it's going to to keep Josh Jacobs fresh. Devontae Booker, every chance he gets an opportunity to, to put his hands on the ball, man, he, he makes some things happen for the Raiders. So uh, that's a positive. And, you know, normally when I talk about keys of the game, I always start with the defense because, you know, the defense has been been the area that needs the most work and still does need work. I mean, I'm not saying it's a finished product, but I just think that when you look at the Chiefs and you look at the Raiders, you're going to look at some points. You know, the first game that they played, it was 40-32. to 32. That's the Raiders come out with a victory. I don't think it's going to be quite as high this time. I'm looking – Honestly, I'm looking at a 32-28 game uh, with the Raiders coming out on top. And, of course, that's going to mean it's going to be a nail-biter to the end. But I really do feel like with the way that, that they, the Raiders are able to, to run the ball and kind of control the clock. And if you go back and look at their first game that they played in Week 5, they, uh, they possessed the ball for 35 minutes. The Raiders, if they win this game on Sunday, they're going to possess the ball for 35, 36, something something like that. They're going to have the time of possession. The T.O.P. is going to be very much on the side of the silver and black if they're going to win this this uh, this game. So uh, usually I talk about, you know, a specific amount of yards or a certain player that has to step up or, you know, no penalties or limited penalties. I really think that one of the biggest stats, one of the most important stats that we'll see come Sunday is going to be the T.O.P., the time of possession. If the Raiders can get 30 you know 32 33 plus minutes of possession they're going to win that game that means that they're controlling the clock and they're keeping number 15 on the sideline Patrick Mahomes and company on the sideline look Andy Reid's going to try to throw the kitchen sink at the Raiders defense he's going to try to come out there with all kind of creative uh you know shovel passes and Patrick Mahomes you know moving in and going in motion himself and I mean you've seen all kind of different alignments from that Chiefs offense and they're going to try to continue to do that and get creative like that and that's fine you know the defense is going to have to make some plays here and there but uh it's all going to start on with the offense and I think the most important thing, uh, not only the time of possession, but I think that the Raiders need to continue to do what they've been doing uh, on the coin flip, you know, and if John Gruden wins the coin flip, I really hope that he decides to kick off. 
You know, I think him getting the ball coming out of the locker room is all of a sudden become a strength of John Gruden. So I think that that's another thing, another key that you look at. So you look at the time of possession. You look at deferring to the second half if you win the coin toss. Now, again, that's just up to a coin toss. That has no skill involved in it at all. But if John Gruden wins it, I, I don't think that you take the ball first. I think you go ahead and put your defense out there and, and hope that they can get out there and maybe uh, get the ball back without giving up any points. And if that's the case, then boom, you're already ahead of uh, ahead of uh, ahead of the chains, you know, to say the least. If you can go out there and, and put your defense on the field and not allow any points and then get the ball to your offense, man, you're, you're cooking with grease because you know you're getting the ball coming out of the locker room in the third quarter. And right now the Raiders in the third quarter this season have been really, really dominant. 51 points they've scored in the third quarter. So that's going to be – that's almost like their money quarter. And I love it when you play really well in the third quarter because that does set the tone and give you the momentum for the fourth quarter where you're supposed to go ahead and put a team away and finish them. And, of course, the Raiders finished Denver in the second half uh, obviously last Sunday. I don't think it's going to be a game like that. I don't think you're going to see them uh, just punch Kansas City in the mouth and they don't get up off the turf at all, But uh, like Denver didn't. But uh, still, they, they'll have that opportunity coming out the locker if they can if they can win that coin toss. I'm not saying that it's going to be all running the ball and Derek Carr is not going to have to throw the ball. I do think it's going to be more of a, a balanced attack, but uh, I, I, I'm looking at like maybe 250, 250 yards passing. Not, I don't think he's going to have to go over like 300 yards passing. I really don't see that. Um, I, I still would like to see them try to incorporate uh, Henry Ruggs into the game. I think that Derek Carr is getting more comfortable with him, and the reason I say that is because of that little pass that he floated to him in that Broncos game and gave him the opportunity to go up there and make that catch. Uh, I don't think he tosses that ball if he doesn't have faith and confidence and trust in Henry Ruggs so I feel like that that relationship is uh, is getting a little bit better and you're going to see Derek Carr continue to to get uh, Henry Ruggs more involved into the game plan and and that'll be a welcome sight to see for all of Raider Nation and and then I want to see number 83 I want to see 8-3 I want to see Darren Waller come out and have a good game Darren Waller's a guy the last couple weeks that I I feel like he's kind of been on the back of a milk carton, even though he scored a touchdown and, you know, he made a play here, made a play there. He just hasn't looked like the dominant Darren Waller that we've been seeing, uh, you know, for last year, all of last year and early this year. Just haven't quite seen him the last couple of weeks. So uh, that's a guy that I would love to see get involved early and often in the offense. So if you have a, a heavy dose of Josh Jacobs and Devontae Booker, and then all of a sudden you can get Darren Waller rolling as well, uh, I think that that's a real big recipe right there for a Raiders victory offensively. Now, of course, defensively, uh, I think the Raiders just got to continue to do what they've been doing the last couple of weeks, which is, you know, kind of disguising their blitzes, sending Jonathan Abram on a, you know, on a handful of, of blitzes towards the quarterback, trying to get, get to him. Uh, and I think you got to kind of incorporate the same kind of style that you did uh, week five when you had Arden Key uh, basically spying Patrick Mahomes. You got to kind of, uh, you know, get him confused and get a guy focused strictly on Patrick Mahomes. And, and if you do that, you know, it, I don't think it's anything, any magic potion to slow down Patrick Mahomes. You know, you just, you just got to find a way to get off the field a couple times. And that's all I've really been asking the defense anyway. Just get off the field a couple times. Keep opposing teams out of the end zone and make them settle for a couple field goals. You make them settle for a couple field goals, you're giving your team an opportunity. You get off the field on third and long, third and long. I'm not, I'm not saying stop them on third and two or fourth and one. I'm asking on third and 19 to make a stop. 
third and 18 make a stop. You get off a field on third and long and, and let the, the Chiefs punt the ball to Hunter Renfro, and I know he's not the fastest dude, and he'll be the first to tell you he's not the fastest dude. He tells me and Scott Goldbranson that all the time on Silver and Black Today. He said, hey, I'm not the fastest dude, but you give him an opportunity to get a little bit of a, a wiggle and a little bit of return opportunity, he can make some things happen, man. I mean, last week against Denver, he looked really, really good, even though two of his uh, punts got returned or got called back, uh, one that he returned for a touchdown. You know, you give him an opportunity, he'll set you up. He'll get some positive yards on the punt return. Matter of fact, I think on Sunday, he's going to have he's gonna have one of the big ones, man. I think you're going to see a big-time return from him. I don't know if he takes it all the way to the house, but I do think you'll see a big-time return from Hunter Renfro. I just kind of feel like he's so close to just breaking one, just like you saw him get into the end zone on Sunday, even though uh, it was called back because of a penalty that was totally unnecessary. I just I feel like he's on the verge, so uh, we're going to see something by, by special teams, by ways of special teams on Sunday that's going to make you say, wow, that was nice. You know, just like you were saying when Hunter got into the end zone before you realized that there was a flag on the field. Uh, so that's, that's, a, that's something to pay attention to. But to, to, to make that happen, the Raiders' defense has got to be able to get off the field. And again, third and long, you've got to be able to, to get down and wrap up. You know what I mean? I mean, how many missed tackles did the Raiders have against Denver? You're not going to be able to miss tackle uh, on on the, on the Chiefs because they're gonna they're gonna make you pay for it. They're gonna take it to the house. So if you got the guy in your sights, if you got your arms around him, wrap up, get him to the ground, especially on third and long. There's nothing that drives me crazier than giving up third and long and seeing missed tackles on the way of giving up third and long. There's just no excuse for that. And I know Paul Gunther last week said we don't practice tackling in in, uh, <laughs> in practice, and that's not good. And I know that that's what the whole league is doing, really, so it's not really just particular with the Raiders, but man, it's frustrating to see the Raiders miss all these stinking tackles. So they've got to they've clean that up. They've got to clean that up and get find a way to get off the field and uh, make the Chiefs punt a couple times. So uh, this is what I'm calling for the game, man. I'm going to see Josh Jacobs. Uh, he's going to go over the century mark again. Uh, Devontae Booker, I think he has about 75 to 80 yards. Uh, so, you know, they'll, they'll be around 170, 180. Uh, the Raiders are going to try to push 200 yards. I think Derek Carr is going to throw for about two, I'm going to say 260. And Hunter Renfro is going to have a big day returning the ball uh, from punts. Uh, I don't know if he takes one all the way to the house, but you'll see a couple big-time dynamic punt returns from Hunter Renfro, and the Raiders come away with a 32-28 victory. Uh, the defense does just enough to uh, secure the victory at Allegiant Stadium and a season sweep of the Kansas City Chiefs and improve their overall record to 7-3. and three. So that's what I got for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your thoughts, your calls, and texts are coming up next in segment number three, 707-654-4693. That is the number. Before I get to that, though, I want to tell you about the place that myself and the wife will be at tomorrow night. That is Sahara Las Vegas. That's right. Sahara Las Vegas. We will be there at the Casbar Lounge from 9 to 11 p.m. Uh, come by, hang out, say what's up, have a couple drinks, talk some Raider football. Tell me your expectations for uh, Sunday night's game. Just let me know. Again, we'll be at the Sahara Las Vegas at the Casbar Lounge from 9 to 11. But if you're coming to town and you want to stay, well, Sahara Las Vegas is the place for you. There's not a better place in Vegas to stay than Sahara Las Vegas. It's got everything you need. It's got some uh, great places to watch the games. It's got great drink specials. It's got a sports book to place your bets. Exciting casino action with slots, table games. Got a poker room. Plenty of restaurants and bars to choose from. So you can get hooked up. If you're trying to stay there, you can stay at Sahara and get 50% off your hotel stay Sunday through Thursday, 20% off your stays Friday and Saturday right now. 
book at saharalasvegas.com slash locked on Raiders. Mention code LOR50. That's saharalasvegas.com slash locked on Raiders, code LOR50 to stay at the best place to watch and enjoy the game, Sahara Las Vegas. And don't forget, Saturday night, Casbar Lounge, 9 to 11 p.m. Myself and the wife will be hanging out. Uh, come on by, say what's up. And then on Sunday, Gorilla Rilla, he'll be at the theater inside Sahara Las Vegas one hour before game time to watch the Raiders play the Kansas City Chiefs. So make sure you, you come by, hang out, and say what's up for that as well. Coming up, segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. That's next here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Your Locked On Raiders. Your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. That is the number. First call up today is from Smith Raider in the ATL calling in to ask me a statistical and situational football question. Here he is, Smith Raider in the ATL. Hey, what's up, Q? Smith Raider here in the ATL giving you a call. Been a while, been listening to you, though, uh, every show throughout. Uh, but I got a question for you, and that's why I'm calling in. Uh, it's a situational, strategic question regarding the Raiders, of course. And uh, it started with the Broncos and some feelings that I had. So Hunter Renfro um, had that return for a touchdown, and it got called back, obviously. But uh, during that return, I I had the gut feeling, and I, well, I had the instinct of saying, dude, down it, down it, don't score a touchdown, um, down it at the 12-yard line. And here's my question to you, but first, here's here's my explanation. Given the Raiders, uh, what we are on offense and what we are on defense and where we are right now, the defense has been playing a little bit better the last few weeks, but overall uh, still suspect and have a lot of confidence in the offense. So for me, I would rather down that ball at the 12, 11-yard line um, because that's what we are. We're a ball control offense. Um, if we go in and score that touchdown, our defense is immediately hitting the field again and their defense and, and, you know, subsequently is resting. And I don't feel like that's what our game plan is. And so, yeah, traditionally, you know, a return for a touchdown is great, but given the exact circumstance that the Raiders are in, uh, having a great offense and a, and a pretty poor defense, what would you think? What would you want to do if you really think about it? You really think about the game plan and, and how we choose to win our our ball games. Do you, would you rather score that touchdown and put the defense on the field and rest the you know in this case the Broncos defense or in the future whoever we're playing, or would you rather take a chance and have confidence in our offense and down to the 12, 11 yard line, knowing that we can you know run the ball, do little plays here and there, still pick up a first down and not score and run a bunch of time off the clock. That's what I have a question for you and, and for all of Raider Nation, if anyone wants to chime in. Um, it's really a question of how much confidence do you have in our offense versus 
how much of a lack of confidence do you have in our defense or, or, or confidence either way? Um, I think it's a really good question. Would you rather score and put our defense back on the field so quickly and get them tired? Or would you rather take a chance and not score and see if our offense can punch it in for seven? Um, anyways, that's my question for you, Raider Nation, Q. I've been here, you know, with you since day one. Haven't called in a while, but anyways, I love your show. Uh, I still continue to listen and just love segment one, two, and three, all of it, all day. Um, anyways, Raider Nation. Q, peace out. There he is, Smith Raider. Thank you so much, my man. And I get what you're saying, and ball control is what the Raiders do. And I do have confidence in the Raiders' offense, but I'm telling you, man, in that situation, I'm taking the points every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Kick return or punt return, I'm scoring. Now, end of the game, and you're you're picking up a first down, you can run the clock to end the game and make it so the other team doesn't touch the ball, that makes sense, but... Not in the situation you're talking about. I'm taking the points, and I challenge my defense to go make a stop. I mean, I like I said, I totally understand what you're saying, but I I, I just can't do it, man. I, I cannot sacrifice not scoring. We've seen the Raiders not score uh, in, in the red zone too many times, not put it in the end zone in the red zone too many times uh, to to not score on that one. That So that that's me. Maybe someone else in Raider Nation feels differently, but – uh, I, I got to take the points. Got to take the perts. 707-654-4693. Uh, let me know your thoughts on it, Raider Nation. Uh, would you take the points or would you uh, suggest that you kind of sit on it and uh, use that ball control and, and, and take some more time off the clock? Again, 707-654-4693. Next up is a text. And before I get to the text, got to sound the alarm one time. This text comes from East Bay T, who is a new booty. Says, hey, Q, it's your boy, East Bay T, new booty. Just looked at the power rankings this morning, something I rarely pay attention to. Why is it that Sports Illustrated, ESPN, and just about every other outlet except the Sporting News had the Raiders drop one position this week after a blowout and a five-turnaround turnover game? Most of these fools have us ranked below the Colts, Titans, and Dolphins when we have the second toughest strength of schedule and the same win-loss record. Too many professional analysts, in air quotes, on the Haterade when they need to get some of that Raiderade. Let's go Raiders, send the Chiefs back home with their butt hurt. Just win, baby. Hashtag Raider Nation for life. Again, that's from East Bay T, a new booty. Uh, appreciate the text, my man. And yeah, power rankings are just that, man. And they go up and down each and every week. They just kind of flip flop and change. And that's one thing I've learned from being uh, on the media side of things, working at the radio station, ESPN Central Texas. And, you know, I'm always going to be objective and stay the same way. And, uh, you know, I like to stay consistent with what I believe. But uh, I've noticed from a lot of people that we either interview, uh, we'll talk to one week and they'll feel one way. And then also the next week will be completely different. You know, it's just it's just kind of what people do, especially in print or, or uh, you know, website stuff you know just trying to get clicks and everything on their on their website that's just kind of what it is so uh, I wouldn't worry about it um the Titans they've they're they're in my opinion they're starting to drop the Dolphins I feel like they're trending up and the Colts I'm still kind of confused by them so uh Titans and Colts I got question marks around Dolphins I do feel like they're trending in the right direction though they are playing really really good right now so uh, hopefully that helps answer your question Next up, I got a call from Sean from Salt Lake City calling to talk about the crossover edition I did with Chris Clark on Thursday and how much he hates his arrogance and cockiness, well, and the fan bases as well. Here he is, Sean from Salt Lake City. <laughs> All right, Q. What's up, Raider Nation? Sean from Salt Lake City. Um, I had to turn off the crossover. Not turn it off, just pause it momentarily. I'll finish it. But I had to pause it momentarily, the crossover edition. About eight, nine minutes left as he just was making an excuse for Tyron Matthew getting burnt after making other excuses after excuse. 
I do credit him with sitting there saying, like, oh, I'm not taking one from the Raiders, but really he was trying to. Um, gosh, dude. He's sitting there saying about, I can't remember what player said has a broken hand. He's like, oh, man, it must be hard to be a physical corner and have a broken hand. And it's like, well, shit. I wonder how Damon Arnett felt the whole entire season. Or, man, it's going to be really hard for having Schwartz and Fisher out, having your two starting tackles out for a game. Damn, I wonder what that's like. Like, man, they can't, I've, I've got to breathe. Q, I cannot stand every, everything and anything about the Kansas City Chiefs. Their fans, the team, I mean, I respect Patrick Mahomes because I think he, as a football fan, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks that I'm probably going to be able to see in my lifetime. Hopefully, we get one better so I can just erase him from memory. But either way, like, he, he's, he's, a, he's an exciting guy to watch. But other than that, I cannot stand that team. I can't even stand McDonald's because of their damn colors. I don't even like ketchup because the ketchup jokes with Patrick Mahomes. That's how badly I hate the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, I can't stand, like, their coffee attitude. I mean, where were these fans 10 years ago? Huh? 10 years ago. I, I talked to a Kansas City Chiefs fan here in Utah, and we start talking about Dante Hall. And they're like, who the hell is that? I was like, Dante, you don't know who Dante Hall is and you're a Chiefs fan? Like, what the hell is wrong with you? I mean, granted, I'm in Utah. It's a melting pot full of fans. Everybody switches team all the time. But, man, I cannot stand the Chiefs, Q. I, I don't have a good feeling about this game. But then again, I haven't had a good feeling in the past couple of games, and we've won. But I just, I, I want it to be close. I wanted it all to be close up until this point, and I really hope we just smash him. I really hope that Arden Key does what he did to Drew Luck to Pat Mahomes. Kind of sets the tone, kind of establishes dominance, and shows shows who's the man as he plays that spy. I hope John Abram doesn't do any cheap shots. We're not about that. But he just annihilates someone between the whistles. Just enough to scare him. Um, real quick story, if I can get in in 30 seconds. I coached um, high school rugby. My our, our state championship game, we played against some of the top teams in the state. We were ranked number three. We had our inside center hit a guy so hard that that guy wanted nothing to do with the game, and he was our top player, and it changed the entire aspect of the game. And that is what Jonathan Abram needs to do. He needs to set the tone, set the tempo, and let them know who is dominant. We need to come back. We need to win this game. I am sick and tired of the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm out. There he is, my guy, Sean, in Salt Lake City. And, man, it happens. You know, those guys do have a lot of arrogance flowing through their veins. But, you know, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, I, I feel really good about this game. And, and it could be just fool's gold. Maybe I'm just being uh, silly. Or maybe I'm, like I said earlier, looking through silver and black glasses. Uh, but I, I don't know. I just There's something about this game and something about this Raiders team. I feel really good about the direction they're going. And think they're going to pick up this victory on Sunday, man. 32-28 is what I've been saying. So uh, go ahead and, and, and put it down in, in paper. Write it down. And, and we'll see how it goes on Sunday night. But uh, we'll, we'll know soon enough so uh thank you for that call my man i totally understand your frustration thank you so much for that uh next up i got a text and it seems like all the texts i gotta sound the alarm because they're new booties this one's coming from jake from iowa says hey q this is jake from iowa i'm a new booty been listening to the podcast for about a year now and i love the energy you bring every day i'm born and raised in the bay area so i've been a lifelong fan of the raiders in regards to this week, all I have to say is I'm confident. The Raiders have had the next man up mentality all year and have pushed through. As long as we control the time of possession and can limit the Chiefs on a few drives, we'll win this game. Thanks for all you do. Go Raiders. Jake from Iowa. And really, Jake, great text. Thank you. Welcome to the Locked On Raiders podcast family. And I think you're right, man. I think what you just said is, is the key. Control the time of possession, limit the Chiefs on a few drives, 
and will win the game. I think that that is a perfect way to describe it. Uh, absolutely, man. I'm with you 100%. Uh, that goes back to what I was talking about in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. So, again, thank you for that text, and I, I think that you're on to something there. Uh, next up, and I just got a couple more for you. Uh, next up is a text, or no, a call, excuse me, from T3 Raider Facts. Hasn't called in a while. He's calling in to give his five quick hits of the day, talking about tackling this weekend's game with KC, the next man up, Raiders scary offense, and Chiefs team bus. Here he is, T3 Raider Facts. This is T3 Raider Facts with my five quick hits of the day. Number one, when I played ball back in high school, I remember the coaches used to always scream, wrap up, wrap up. Well, my friends, the days of the kill shot are numbered, and we need to get back to the fundamentals of tackling. The Raiders' new mantra should be, just tackle, baby. Number two, an interesting thing about the Raiders and the Chiefs is this. I'd almost rather lose this weekend because I know how stinking difficult it would be to beat a division opponent three times in the season. And if the Raiders are going to make any kind of noise in the playoffs, well, another Kansas City trip is coming. Number three, COVID-19 continues to plague everybody. But as much as the Raiders could develop a woe-is-me attitude, they've already demonstrated that they can next man up as well as anybody. Good teams do that. Number four, when you can score 37 points in a game, 27 in the second half, and still say that you easily left 21 points on the field, you have a truly dangerous and scary team. Unlike years past, even the year 2016, the Silver and Black has that. Number five, regardless of the outcome of the game on Sunday, someone just needs to go and let all the air out of the tires on the Chiefs team butts at Allegiant Stadium. They might win, they might lose, but either way, them damn Chiefs should have to walk to the airport. Okay, Nation, think Rocky Balboa. Not Rocky II, where he won the title, but Rocky I, where even when he won the fight, the champ knew that Rocky was coming for him and that he would be the champ NFL, not for long. Rocky, like the Raiders, had passion, and you know this, Passion always outlives fashion. T3, thanks so much for that call, my man. Definitely appreciate you. A lot of good stuff there and even found a way to sprinkle Rocky Balboa into the podcast. I like that, man. I like that. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Next up, I got a text and yeah, you guessed it. Gotta sound the alarm. This next text is from a new booty from New York Old School Raider. He says, hey Q, this is New York Old School Raider, still a new booty. I have to disagree with you on the term must-win games. To make the playoffs, this week's KC game, must-win? No. To win the AFC West, is this week's KC game a must-win? Yes. Our goal should be to win the AFC West. If we fall three games behind KC with six to play, we'll never catch them. Respect KC, yes, but do not concede the AFC West. You think Baltimore is conceding to Pittsburgh? Is Miami conceding to Buffalo? Or is Tennessee conceding to Indy? Absolutely not. Let's have playoffs in Allegiant Stadium. Stay safe, wash your hands, and as always, just win, baby. Raiders. That's from New Booty, New York old school Raider. And you're not wrong. You know, that's that's where I think everyone's getting me confused when I tell you that these games aren't must win. You're right. To win the AFC West, absolutely. But that's not that's not necessarily must. I mean, it's not a must to get into the playoffs by winning the AFC West. Yes, the Raiders would love to win the AFC West, but the Raiders haven't made the playoffs in quite a long time. Now, I know 2016 they made the playoffs, but when was the last time before that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Super Bowl? It's not a must win because even if they win this game, think about it like this, and this is kind of really where I'm at on this, and I understand where everyone's coming from. I totally do, but listen to me and what I'm saying. You win this game against Kansas City on Sunday, then what if you go and lose the, the, the next six? Then where are you at? 
You know what I mean? Like, that's my thing. Yes, this game is huge. It's important. There's a lot of things on the line. But it's also about what you do after this game. The next six weeks, it's also important what you do then. So that's why I say it's not a must win because you have a handful of games still. Even if you lose this game, and I don't think they will, but if they do, you got six more. What if you run the table and win the next six? I'm pretty sure Kansas City is going to lose a couple games. And you've already beat them once. So that's all I'm saying. I'm not totally disagreeing with you. And no, nobody's conceding the AFC West to anybody. There's no conceding going on there. I'm just saying there's still a bunch of games left. And so, it's yes, it, it's very important what you do on Sunday. But it's very important what you do the rest of the way as well. That's all I'm saying. So hopefully that makes sense. <laughs> hopefully that makes sense. But I do appreciate the text. It's good stuff. Good feedback for sure. Uh, final call of the show, and I know I'm going a little bit long, but that's all right. It's Friday. Let's finish strong. The call is from Rob from the 707. It's a quick call. He's calling to talk about the linebacking core when it comes to Littleton and Kwiatkowski. If the roles were reversed, here he is, Rob from the 707. Hey, Q. This is Rob from the 707. I just wanted to uh, ask a quick question, something that I've been thinking about. Um, our linebacking core right now is Littleton and Kwiatkowski. And Littleton's not playing amazing, but Kwiatkowski is playing out of this world. So my question is, if the roles were reversed and Littleton was playing the way Kwiatkowski is and Kwiatkowski was playing the way Littleton is, would you be happy with the linebacker play? I feel like people are disappointed because Littleton's not living up to expectations but I feel like with the way that Kwiatkowski is playing above expectations, we're getting the amount of linebacker play that we wanted out of both of them, if that makes sense. Well, anyway, Q, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. And uh, thanks. Go Raiders. Rob, thank you for that call, my man. And look, I think folks, especially myself, would still be disappointed, especially if Kukowski was struggling because, look, both guys were free agents, so that's the deal. So it doesn't matter if the roles were reversed. It doesn't matter if Littleton was playing well and Kukowski was struggling. The fact that you paid them money to come in there and and make that linebacking core a lot better than it was, that is the big issue. Corey Littleton was a high-dollar guy. He was number one, linebacker number one uh, on everyone's free agent board. And the Raiders get him. They got Kukowski first. They get Littleton next, and Littleton hasn't lived up to the billing. Kukowski has done his job, so even if it was role reverse, knowing that you spent money to bring a guy in, at least in my opinion, that's that's where most of the important, the you know, the disappointment comes from. If it was a guy that you know just basically was a, a late round draft pick or a guy that you you know you didn't pay very much money to, or like a Malik Collins who only got a one year deal, then you could say, okay, you know what, it's just not working out, but. Since Littleton got big money, and Kwiatkowski got pretty good money, too. He got some nice coin as well. So uh, either way, man, you want your free agents to hit, and and that one, Corey Littleton, is definitely not hitting. So thank you for that call. Uh, hopefully that uh, that's a good answer for you. I definitely appreciate you. So that's all I got for you, Raider Nation. Enjoy your weekend. Uh, myself and the wife will be in Vegas. We'll be at Sahara Las Vegas uh, tomorrow. Come on by. Say what's up. 9 to 11 p.m. We'll be at the Casbar Lounge. Sahara Las Vegas is the best place to stay, play, and watch the game with exclusive Locked On offers at saharalasvegas.com slash Locked On Raiders. Book your stay with exclusive Locked On offer. Go to saharalasvegas.com slash Locked On Raiders. Offer code LOR50. Uh, we'll talk to you soon, Raiders. Nation, uh, stay safe, wash your hands, wear your mask, do what you got to do. Most importantly, as always, especially this Sunday, just win, baby. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.